Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. Second Corinthians chapter 5. I want to preach a sermon today entitled, Be New. We're going to read one verse and then I'm going to put some other verses on the screen uh, throughout the sermon. I just want to, I want to preach to help us get started into 2023. One of the things I love to do at the beginning of a new year is look back at the Google searches for the past year. It helps me remember what all went on in the year before. And we're going to do some more of this in January uh, coming up in a few sermons. But if I were to ask you what were the big stories of 2022, you would get a few of those, but there's some you've already forgotten. If I were to ask you what the big stories of 2021 uh, were, you would almost have no idea what the stories of 2021 were. But I want to help you this morning. I want us to go back and I want us to reflect on 2022 and even just peek back at 2021 for a moment. What was 2022 about? And for the sake of time, I'm not going to be able to make much comment on most of these. Th- these are the top 10 Google searches of 2022 by volume. Number 10 was Roe versus Wade. And can we stop and just thank the Lord for a moment for that decision in 2022, right? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And number nine, also a very, um, uh, spiritual victory in our lives. The Johnny Depp verdict, verdict was number nine. Uh, so it just gets weird from here. All right? um, uh, number eight was Will Smith and the Oscars. Everybody was Googling the slap uh, to look at that and uh, all that. Number seven, sad Texas school shooting went on. Number six, monkey pox. Uh, number five, Hurricane Ian was big news. Number four, the Powerball numbers. What did that get up to? Nearly two billion dollars uh powerball numbers of course people trying to figure out how to win that number three ukraine big huge news story number two of course queen elizabeth passing uh, big huge news story the number one most searched item in 2022 does anybody have any idea what it may have been midterm election results who won and where did they win uh, obviously a very unique year in 2022 but if i If I go back and I look at 2021, you probably don't even remember what happened in 2021. And some of these, I I barely remember the stories as well. But let's start. Number 10 was Ethereum price. Number 9 was Afghanistan, the disaster that turned out to be. Number 8, the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, eighth most searched thing. Number 7, Hurricane Ida in 2021. Number 6, Dogecoin. Uh, some cryptocurrency there uh, in uh, 2021. Uh, number five, GME, that was the GameStop stock and uh, all that was going on with GameStop. Number four, the Georgia Senate race. Anyway, number three, <laughs> uh, stimulus check. Uh, that was a big deal, 2021. Number two, AMC stock. We go back to these weird stocks and things were happening. Number one, most search item, 2021. I'd ask you to guess, you won't get it was Mega Millions, again, the lottery. And so I, I want to show you the two years side by side, right? Let me look at the two years side by side. You, you know what I notice about these two years 
almost immediately is they're almost the same thing. 2022 and 2021 are nearly identical in the, in the news in the history of those years. You say, what do you mean? Well, here's what both years are about. Both years are about an election, a disease, a natural disaster, a trial, the lottery, and a war. 2022 and 2021 are about an election, a disease, a natural disaster, a trial, uh, the lottery, and a war with just a little bit of variety thrown in for variety's sake. Basically, in other words, one year kind of looks like the next. And had I gone back to 2020 as well, you would have discovered 2020 looked much like 2021, which looked much like 2022. In other words, one year is kind of like the next year. And it's a little bit like our own personal lives. It's not just the news that's that way. Our lives are that way. As well, And if you look at it, really, we are on this rinse-repeat cycle going on in our own lives. If you look back, 20, in your personal life I'm talking about, 2018 looks like 2019, looks like 2020, looks like 21, looks like 22. And if you're not careful, it's going to be just like 23. Now, in some ways, that's really good, right? Uh, psychologists tell us that we could not handle every day being different. They tell us if we had to make new decisions every day about the mundane things of life, that we would lock our system down, we would not be able to function, and we would, we would die of anxiety from having to make all these decisions every single day. And, and so there are some things that a pattern is good. There are some things that a, that a system is good. But that's not supposed to be that way in your walk with God. There are some things in our lives that the rinse-repeat cycle is fine. There are some things in our lives, if we're just doing the same thing every day, that's fine. If we take the same route to work every day, that's fine. There's sometimes that's okay. But when it comes to our walk with God, when it comes to our Christian life, we spend too much of our time going through the motion spiritually, and we never get any closer to God. We never experience personal revival. We never feel like we have a more intimate relationship with him and so here's what's going to happen if you don't interrupt it the same problems you had in 2022 are going to be the same problems you have in 2023 what do you mean preacher here's what i mean the same sins that got you in 2021 are going to be the same sins that got you in 2022 that are going to be the same sins that get you in 2023 the same issues that plagued you this year are going to be the same issues that plague you or plagued you last year are going to plague you this year. The same spiritual boredom that you had in 22 is going to be the same spiritual boredom you have in 23. The same relationships that snag us in uh, 22 are going to snag us in 23. And the same terrible ruts we're in in 22 are going to be the same ruts in 23. And chances are you finish 2022 about the same way you finished 2021 and you're going to finish 2023 the same way, and it was not supposed to be. We're not supposed to be in a spiritual rut. We're supposed to be new. Be new. How can we change that in 2023? 
I want to use a verse that God really laid on my heart for this as the, as the uh, kind of the impetus for this sermon today. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it's a verse you know well, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, say this word with me, say it, new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. The new has come. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. What, what happens to us is we read that verse, and we think it's a total transformation the moment we get saved, but that's not, the, that's not even the verb tenses of those verbs in that verse. Listen, when you come to Christ, it is true, a lot of new happens when you come to Christ. You get a new lifestyle, you get a new vocabulary, you get a new relationship, you wind up with new friends, you get a new thought life. Hey, you get a new weekend life when you come to Jesus as your Savior. And all of that happens almost immediately when you get saved. I mean, immediately when you get saved, if you got the Spirit of God in you, man, stuff starts happening. Stuff starts changing. And you go through this intense period of time where everything in your life is becoming new. Everything in your life is changing. And then about 18 months in, you settle in to your new life. And suddenly things don't change. And there is a good chance... That the Christian you were 18 months and 24 months and 36 months after you were saved is the same Christian you are today. That wasn't supposed to happen. This new Paul process that Paul speaks about in 2 Corinthians 5 was not a once and for all new process. There is this thing called sanctification that is supposed to be going on in your life, uh, not just on a yearly basis, but on a daily basis. And this change is supposed to be continually happening in your life. And new is supposed to be continually happening in your life. And different in a good way is supposed to be continually happening in your life life and so through the power of the holy spirit every year should be better spiritually than it was the year before so how do we get there how do we get there that's that's what i want to talk about today how do we bring new into 2023 i want to give you three three things today and just hold on to that card we're going to use it at the end of my sermon and it's not going to make sense to you let me unfold the entire sermon and I'll be honest, all three things I'm going to talk about today are worthy of a sermon all by themselves, and I have done that and will do that, but I want to just launch board us into 2023 with the right mindset. How do we make 2023 new? How do we be new in 2023? Can I give you three things today I want us to do? Number one is this, don't fall into the same traps, avoid them. Now, I'm going to have to unpack that over the next five or ten minutes. One of the problems we face every year is that we, we deal with the same temptations over and over again. I mean, literally, the devil does not have to get creative in most of our lives, does he? It's the same dumb things we did last year, we're doing this year, and we did two years ago, and we're doing this year. 
And we wind up as believers falling into the same sins over and over and over again. And the enemy barely has to get creative in our lives. The same traps the devil lays out in 21, we fell into in 22. And if something doesn't happen, we're going to fall into them again in 23. And you wonder sometimes, why does that happen? Why do I do the same dumb things over and over again? I want to ask you to raise your hand because I don't have to because I know it's true. In your life, you fall into the same dumb sins over and over again. I do that as well. You do that as well. And one reason we do that is we find ourselves in this pattern of mistakes is that, hear me, here's where it's going to get a little bit deep. We're trying to work on our mistakes instead of moving forward with Christ. Now, now hang on. One reason we fall into the same traps is that we're trying to not sin. But the way to fixing our sins is not trying to sin, but creating new in our life that is better than our sin. I don't, I don't think I can say it any better than, than the Bible says it. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 says, To take off your former way of life, the old self, and then it tells us how to do that. The old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. So as Paul said, you've got this former way of life, this old self. In other words, this same sins that you fall prey to over and over again, this old way of life. Most of us carried it over from before we were saved, and we've got these same sins, our former way of life, and it's just part of who our, our, our physical DNA is, part of the corrupt body, but Christ saves us, but we still have to get rid of the old way of life, the same traps the enemy used. Well, how do we get rid of this old way of life? He says, well, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. The one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth. Each one to his neighbor because we are members of one another. So I want to stop right there and use that one illustration here in just a moment. Here is the Bible path to not falling prey to the same thing year after year and avoiding the same traps that we fall to year after year. How do I avoid those same sins? How do I not fall prey to those same temptations? Well, here's what Paul was telling us in Ephesians chapter 4. He said, instead of trying to avoid the trap of the sin, what you do is replace the sin with something else. That you put off the old man by replacing him with the new man. So instead of fixating on what you're not doing right, or instead of fixating what you are doing wrong, Paul says to fixate on what you should do right. That is renewed in the spirit of your mind. That is, you get in the word of God, you get around things of God, you listen to the message of God, and instead of trying to avoid sin and fixating on avoiding sin, you get your mind focused on doing what God would want you to do. Now, honestly, part of it's, part of it's not your fault. You're, you're, you're wired to do it differently. Your brain contributes to it. As a matter of fact, researchers tell us there is this idea called target fixation. And it's when people become so devotedly focused on an object that they risk colliding with the object. A researcher explained it this way. Listen to this illustration. If we served, if we swerved to avoid hitting a deer and we're heading towards a tree, as you're heading to that tree, do you know what your eyes and your uh, brain focus on as you're heading towards the tree? The tree. 
And because your eyes and brain are focused on the tree, it inevitably, subconsciously causes you to steer yourself into the tree. So what do you do? Here's what researchers said. Because target fixation, whatever you're staring at and thinking about is what you're moving towards. Did you hear me? Whatever you're staring at and thinking about is what you're moving towards. Whatever you're staring about and thinking about is what you're moving towards. And so if I'm focused on the tree, guess what? I'm going to hit the tree. And so they said, focus on the space next to the tree and you have a much higher possibility of missing the tree and hitting the space. Now, I know all that comes in a split-second decision, but the principle is true outside of a split-second decision. Because in the Christian life, we wind up with target fixation. And we're trying not to sin, and we're trying not to do wrong, and we're trying not to do that thing that we did last year that we don't want to do this year, but we often do it. And Paul said that in Romans. Paul said the very thing I'm trying not to do is the thing that I wind up doing. Why? Because we wind up with target fixation in our lives. And because Paul got to Ephesians chapter 4, God revealed to him, hey, the way to avoid the sin and put off the old man is not just trying not to do what the old man did. The way to put off the old man is to fixate on what the new man should be doing. How do I find that out? I find that out in the Word of God and I renew my mind and I fixate on what I should be doing. So here's what Paul said. Don't fixate on what you cannot get right. Fixate on what you should do right. And then he used that example in, in, in Ephesians 4. Instead of fixating on trying not to say things that are inappropriate, immoral, or wrong. Inappropriate, immoral, or wrong should never come out of a Christian's mouth. Paul said, fixate on how a Christian should talk. You say, well, how, how, how should a Christian talk? Well, go read Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 has, that's the renewing your mind process. Ephesians 4 is filled with how to talk. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but rather that is good to edifying. So here's what Paul said in Ephesians 4. Don't speak, don't lie, but speak the truth. And so here's what Paul was saying, that nothing corrupt should proceed out of our mouth, but rather that which is good. So, but what we do as a Christian is we just try to go around and not let anything corrupt proceed out of our mouth. So all we're doing is thinking about that inappropriate thing we shouldn't be saying. And I'm not going to say that inappropriate thing, but we're thinking about it all the time. Because we're thinking about it all the time, that's what we wind up saying. And Paul said, don't, listen, don't even do that. How, well, how, do, how, do I, how do I avoid those traps of not saying what I shouldn't be saying? Paul said, do this. You focus on using your words to encourage and bless other people. So in other words, focus on speaking what you should be speaking. Instead of fixating on the sin you have in your life, fixate on the godliness you should be doing instead. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can avoid the traps that grab you every time. I mean, what traps does Satan have set for you? Can I tell you what traps Satan has set for you personally? He has set for you in 2023 the same traps he had set in 2022. You don't have to fall into the same traps. Quit fixating on trying not to do bad and fixate on trying to do what Christ would do. The Bible's plain that sin will fill a vacuum. 
You remember that parable of Jesus? He said, you got rid of a demon, but you didn't fill it with anything else. And then seven more demons came in worse than the first. It's the same principle we're using here. So here's a man who's got bad in his life and he tries to get the bad out of his life, but he doesn't fill it with the good that should be there instead of the bad. So when there's a vacuum in your life, sin fills it. Sin always fills it. It's true in your life, my life. You remember the old, remember what the old folks used to say? Um, Idleness is the what? Devil's workshop. What's 100% true? 100% true. Why? Because when you have a vacuum in your life, sin fills it. It's exactly what Paul is saying here in this verse, that when you have a vacuum in your life, you, you just try to get rid of the old man, and then you don't fill it with anything new. Even if you can successfully get rid of that old demon, a vacuum's going to be in your life, and if you don't fill it with the right, then the bad is going to come in worse than it was before. So how do I avoid that? You avoid those traps by filling your life with righteousness. And I, I, can, I can very confidently say this. Quit trying not to do bad and just start putting all your energy into doing good. And when you put all your energy into doing good, when you put the power of the Holy Spirit working through your life into doing good, what you'll notice uh, when you take time to notice what you'll eventually notice is that the bad you were trying to get of, you don't even think about doing it anymore. And you didn't try not to do the bad, but you filled your life with good. I, I could preach this all morning, and uh, fortunate for you, I'll just move on. I'm not done. I'm just going to move on. No, number two, let me show you the second thing. How do I make 2023 new? Number two, don't stick to the same script. Write a better one. Now, this goes along with that, but one reason we can't make progress is that we have this. I want you to notice this phrase. We have an internal script for our lives. We do. We have an internal script for our lives that we never revisit once we establish the internal script. What do you, what do you mean we have an internal script? Listen, here, here, we have it. You said it. We, we internally, we say, well, I'm this kind of person. Or I'm this kind of Christian. Or I'm this kind of parent. Or I'm this kind of spouse. Or I handle money this way. Right? And so we say things like... Um, we, we say statements like this. We do something wrong. Uh, we, we do something we're not happy with, and we say this. Well, that's just how I am. Or we blame our parents. That's just how I was raised. Right? That's an internal script you have going on in your life. But listen to me. The power of the gospel is this, that part of being a new creation is having the power to rewrite the script of our lives. The Christian should never say, well, that's just who I am. Why? Because if you're a child of God, you have the power of Christ to change who you are. Amen. I know it's 2023. I know you're up to midnight. But that's a really good place to say amen right there. And it's such a good place. I know you're a little bit asleep. Come back to me. I'm going to say it all again. Because I know you wish you said amen a minute ago, so let me say it again. Part of being a new Christian is having the power to rewrite the script of our lives. Say amen right there. Look what Paul said. Man, this, this, right, this right here, this, I want you to notice the internal script of Paul and how it changed. All right? This, this ought to give you chill bumps a little bit right here if you read it in that context. Paul said to, first, to Timothy, I give thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he's considered me faithful. 
right? So now Paul has rewritten the script of his life, and, and, and he's going to deal with the old script last, but the new script first, and I love that he does that. He said, because he considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry. Now, st- hang right there. Paul has just rewritten the script of his life in that one say- sentence. Paul said, hey, I thank Jesus that when I got saved, that I, I, God considered me faithful and has appointed me to the ministry. But hold on. He's going to share with us his old internal script look at it though i was look at that word formally all right here used to be my internal script a blasphemer a persecutor and an arrogant man so paul is saying this my my former internal script was this i was a i was a blasphemer persecutor and arrogant man And by the way, Paul said it about himself enough that that's what other people said about him, and it wound up reinforcing who he was. And Paul got saved, and when Paul got saved, Paul said, "Uh uh-uh, I am not going to stick to this former script. I have the power of Christ in me. I have the power of the Holy Spirit in me, and I'm going to write a new script. And so Paul spent several years alone after he got saved, being called into the ministry, being trained into the ministry. And Paul came, when he came out of that training, Paul said this, that he considered me faithful. And he Appointed, Christ himself appointed me to the ministry. What has Paul done in these two verses? Paul has told you what his old internal script was, and now he's told you what his new internal script was because Paul's old internal script was not a good script. But when he became a new creation, the gospel rewrote the script of his life. Listen to me. The gospel can do the same with yours. Don't fall into the same script you wrote for yourself last year and the year before and the year before. Write a better one. Write out who you want to be and in the power of the Holy Spirit, you follow that new script for your life. You say, preacher, I really need to write it out. Listen, vividly describing your goals in written form is strongly associated with the goal success. Here's what research tells us about writing out goals that people who very vividly describe or picture their goals are anywhere from 1.2 to 1.4 times more likely to successfully accomplish their goals than people who don't. Right? Well, how does that help? Psychologists say two things. One, there's external storage, and number two, there is encoding. Let me read those to you a little bit of bit what they are. External storage is easy to explain. That is, you're storing the information contained in your goal in a location that is very easy to access and review at time. It doesn't take a neuroscientist to know that you will remember something much better if you're staring at a regular visual cue, a reminder every single day. So if you want to rewrite your internal script, you write it down and you put it in places that you'll see it daily in your life. But there's another deeper phenomenon in happening called encoding. Encoding is the biological process by which things we perceive travel to our brain's hippocampus where they're analyzed. And from there, decisions are made about what gets stored in a long-term memory and in turn what's get discarded. Here's what he, they say. Writing improves the encoding process. In other words, when you write it down, it has a much greater chance of being remembered and happening. When you write it down, it has a much greater 
chance of being remembered and happening. And I would say this, not just write it down, not just eternal storage, but you repeat it over and over. Every time you read about Paul, Paul would say, well, now I've been called to the ministry. Now God has counted me faithful. Now God has placed me in the ministry. Now God has counted me worthy. What was he doing? He was rewriting the script of your life and of his life. And I want to tell you this morning, if you want to change 2023, specifically spiritually, any other way in your life, then write a better script for your life if you find yourself saying i can't i'm always i'll never can i tell you this you need a new script for your life and you start saying this write a new script you say how to do it you do things like this you say well used to i I wasn't very regular to church but now i don't hardly ever miss a sunday Used to, I didn't read my Bible very much, but now I read it five days a week. Used to, I didn't pay attention to sermons very much, but now I take notes and I write them down. Used to, I was not a very faithful follower of Jesus, but now I listen for God's voice in my life and try to obey everything he says into my life. I used to be this, but here's my script now. If you want to be a better Christian, rewrite the script. You want to be a better spouse? rewrite the script you want to be have a better attitude rewrite the script you, you want to be a better parent rewrite the script you want to handle money better rewrite the script don't stick to the same internal internal script in 2023 write a better one number three don't keep the same passion ignite a new one again don't raise your hand but how lifeless was your christian life in 2022 lifeless probably about like 2021 if you could describe your christian life in a few sentences how would you describe it can i tell you how god would want you to describe it i'm gonna say i learned something this week studying for this a few weeks ago but look at romans 12 11 do not lack diligence and zeal but fervent in the spirit, serve the Lord. If God could write a description of your Christian life, here's what he would want to write. Be fervent in the spirit, serve the Lord. Now, this whole verse is in context as a verse by itself. And actually, it all goes together. So before I deal with be fervent in the spirit, can I go back and deal with this first phrase? In the Greek word for word, it literally says this, as to zeal, not lazy. As to zeal, not lazy. The word translated not lazy means not holding back, not dragging your feet, not reluctant. It means lazy. So so here's what God says to you about your Christian life. As far as your zeal in the Christian life, don't be lazy. All right? Then he says, as to the Spirit, be on fire. As to the Spirit, be on fire. Now, these two phrases are opposites. And I learned something studying this verse. I've quoted this verse so many times, as the Spirit on fire. But I'd never, I never, I glazed over the first part. Here's the interesting thing. 
If I said you have a hot-hearted Christian life, what would you say is the opposite of an on-fire Christian life? Somebody tell me. What's the opposite of hot? Cold. That's not what Paul says. Do you know what Paul says is the opposite of an on-fire Christian life? (laughs) A lazy Christian life. In other words, if your walk with God, your spiritual life is not on fire, hold on. You're just lazy. I had Josh come on up the keyboard and play because we probably all just need to come to the altar right now, including me. If you want 2023 to be a year of spiritual fire, it's not some mystical thing that comes out of the clouds. God said, stop being spiritually lazy. Stop being spiritually lazy. Listen, if you want a passion for Christ in 2023, God offers that fire to anyone. All you have to do is go after it. Stop being spiritually lazy. Get some fire in your life. You get Jesus involved in every part of your life. And watch your spiritual life catch fire for the kingdom of God. Close your Bibles. I'm, I'm finished. I'll end with this. Well, I'm not going to end. I'm going to slow down with this. Let, let, me, let, me do, let, me do, let me do a survey. I love surveys. Whatever campus you're at, you answer to. And uh, online, you answer to. How many of you like, I'm going to go up in degrees. How many of you like, mild, spicy food. Can I see your hand? Mildly spicy. Wow, a bunch of us. How many of you stop one short of eating fire? Let me see your hand. Like you like really, really hot food. That's my wife and I. My wife and I would eat eat salsa for breakfast as hot as you can make it every day of the week. Like that's, we like fire. I think I've numbed the inside of my mouth. And I have won, by the way, the Buffalo Wild Wings, Hot Wings thing. I've won that thing. I got a T-shirt at home to prove it. Like, I can't eat fire. Couldn't feel my lips for four days, but I have won the T-shirt. I have. I've, I've won it. Uh, we, we like fire. They just did a survey, and they said this. If you tend to reach for spicier foods, chances are you lead a spicier life. Now, I'm not saying this. This is what they say. All right, here, here's what they discovered. As compared with those with milder heat preferences, spicy food eaters are more likely to enjoy trying new things, (laughs) consider themselves attractive. I'll take photos after service if you want to. And uh, and look at this. Be more content with their lives. Be more content with their lives. Here's what they discovered. Uh, 93% of respondents prefer some level of heat in their food. All of us like a little spice. 36 say they go for medium heat. 33% go for mild. 24%, this is where my wife and I live, like the spice level set to hot. And 7% don't like uh, uh, any heat at all in that. And so from that, they, they discovered 
21% consider themselves extroverted compared to 15% of mild food eaters. So if you're spicy, you're more extroverted. Those who pack on the heat also more likely describe themselves as creative, confident, and adventurous. On the flip side, those who tend to stay on the milder side are more likely to describe themselves as empathetic and even shy. Medium heat lovers fall somewhere in the middle, describing themselves as calm and curious. By the way, I kid you not, it's not a joke. This research was sponsored by Frank's Red Hot. In other words, a little fire makes you fun. A little fire makes you fun. There's two two ways you can change your life, and I'm going to go with the second one. You can put Frank's Red Hot on everything you eat, or you can put a little fire in your Christian life. Here's what Paul really would say. You want to turn the heat up in your Christian life? You want to turn the spice up in your Christian life? You want to walk with God and have a powerful walk with God? Here's what Paul said. Quit being lazy and do what you need to do to sprinkle some hot sauce of the Holy Spirit on your walk with God. What do you mean quit being lazy? Get faithful to church. Get faithful in your giving. You find a place to serve God. You read your Bible. You pray every day. You invite others to church. You get rid of those nagging sins in your life. And when you do that, You say, preacher, it sounds like work. Yes, yes. The spiritual life, the on-fire Christian life is not reserved for a mystical few who know the secret incantations of God. The spiritual Christian life, the on-fire Christian life is reserved for those who put the work of God into it. So what do you want 2023 to be like? Don't fall in the same traps, avoid them. Don't stick to the same scripts, write a better one. Don't keep the same passion, ignite a new one. And would you take out this card? If you're watching at home, you don't have this card. You're at one of our campuses, you do. But if you're watching at home, you can just use a um, regular piece of paper. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk us through it just for a moment. And there's nothing special about this card. I just, I just want you to see it in print. And I want you to make some version of this card at your home. Would you flip it on the side that says, my new script is. I'm, I'm going to try to give you some just maybe universal scripts on here. And I want you to take a pencil or pen, something you write with. And I'm just going to walk you through what that is. Some of you need to rewrite a script for your life. Some of you need to rewrite the script in certain areas of your life. For example, you have an internal script about something in your life. It needs to be rewritten. Now, some of you need to do it for your whole life, and I'd encourage you to do that, but some of you need to do it internally. And and words you say matter, but the words you say internally really, really matter. And you need to let Paul rewrite the script. So what does a new script look like? The old script looks like this, and and I'm trying to use this illustration just because it's kind of universal. The old script says something like this, well, I've never managed money well, right? People go around and say that about themselves. And so when you say it, it becomes target fixation and you wind up not managing money well. So uh, and you wind up moving that direction. I, even though that's talking about traps, it works on the script as well. So you've got to rewrite the scripts because the script becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So what you want to do is write a new script and the new script can say something like this. I manage my finances well and honor God first. Right, that simple script change 
will move your life in a different direction and lead you into obedience. How about this for your marriage? How about this for your marriage? This is good right here. I used to be selfish. But now I put my wife's needs above mine. I put my husband's happiness above mine. You say, am I supposed to do that? Yeah, there's a whole Bible verse about how you're supposed to do that as a husband and wife. Right? Actually, you're supposed to do it even with fellow believers, but it applies to the marriage as well. Write a new script. Uh, look, look below that, and I'll, I'll let you take that home and you work on new scripts. Look at the traps I want to avoid. And again, I'd love for you to write something down now just so you understand the process, but maybe in that top blank, write down a sin that gets you all the time. And chances are you're just trying not to do that sin over and over again in your life. But, but instead of that, so I'll focus on blank. What's going to be the focus of your life? You say, well, uh, my mouth, my mouth, man, my mouth gets me in trouble. So in get, I'll, I'll focus on, how about this, righteousness, encouragement coming out of my mouth. Encouragement coming out of my mouth. My wife made me watch Andy Griffith the other day. And I say made me watch because I don't ever do it voluntarily. Uh, and so she made me watch it. And I watch it and it's cute when I watch it, but I don't want to admit it's cute. And so, but I watched it. And I noticed something about Andy the other day. This is about the dumbest thing I've ever said out loud in a service. And so, well, no, I've done far worse, but it, it's up there. And I noticed something. Andy rarely makes fun of Barney. You would think he would, and he has, but he rarely does. Most of the time he encourages Barney even in his silliness. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, I thought, you know, that's the kind of person I'd rather be. That's, that actually is more godly than uh, sometimes what comes out of my mouth. And so I, I wrote down in my prayer, prayer list, I'm the only preacher in America that has this on their prayer list, um, I want an Andy Griffith attitude. Because I want, to, I want to be known not for my quick comebacks or, I mean, if you're a Tennessee fan, it just is what it is. But if for anybody else, <laughs> I want to be an encourager. Right, flip that card over. Flip that card over. And if you're watching online, I've got kind of a diagram, a, a line, like a timeline. On one side, I have lazy. On the other side, I have hot. Here, here's what I want you to do. It's going to be hard. I'd like for you to do it right now in this service. Somewhere on that line, put a mark where your spiritual life currently is. Are you leaning more towards lazy? Leaning more towards hot? Be honest be honest so having done that and again if you're watching online here's what we're about to do I want my walk with God to be would you take 30 to 45 seconds and would you describe the Christian life you want 30 to 45 seconds just do it now the Christian life you want
Now, this is not me talking. This, this is what the Lord would say. After you've written down what you want to write down, let me tell you what God would say right now. Quit being lazy and go get it. Just quit being lazy. The opposite of hot is not cold, it's lazy. Quit being lazy and go get it. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening.